Hi. This is the Waterfowl Podcast. Everyone, uh, welcome and uh, really glad that you all made it out today. And thanks, Amara, for the great introduction to the to the university and to the program. Um, so my name is Dr. Jason Remillard, but as Amara said, uh, at Royal Roads we usually go by our first names. Um, with where we're comfortable, most students call me Chase. Um, and really my role as program uh, program head of the MAPC is to make sure that the program has the right academic oversight to be successful and to help students uh, manage the academic uh, side of their, their program and, and, uh, and to, to work with, uh, with faculty and course developers and so on to offer the best sort of program that we can. And then you'll meet Neha a little bit later. Uh, she's part of the program team. And so the program team is there to provide support to students in terms of sort of day-to-day things, practicalities, pragmatics, access to certain things on campus, questions about schedules and so on. So one thing that I really am am very proud about uh, Royal Roads and our program is that, um, you know, when you go to a bigger university, it tends to be that you don't uh, really get to know your professors very closely and a lot of times you're sort of on your own and that that's less so at a grad level but uh, definitely um, at Royal Roads the, the mandate is really students so a lot of the faculty that we have are teaching focused and we do research uh, but we all really love teaching so um, I think that's an important thing to keep in mind and, and if you think about a, a professor who's private Whose, whose priority is, is, is research rather than the priority of teaching, when they're interacting with students, that's like a distraction for them to get back to what they really want to do, which is research. Whereas for most of us, we, we love to do research, but we actually really also love to teach. And I think that's what makes a teaching university and what makes Royal Roads really uh, special about that. So, so how does a program work? Um, so the program structure is sort of divided into two uh, main like time frames if you like year one and year two and and in that two-year program uh, you have to complete 36 uh, credits and and so in year one what happens is you come in and uh, we have our sort of famous or infamous depending on, on where you're at um, intensive we call it and what that means is that you're doing uh, to begin with, you do three courses at once, and you have a two-week period where either you're uh, in synchronous classes online, if we if we need to be, uh, which we have been since, uh, of course, since COVID is hit, or uh, if the opportunity is available to us, then we are on campus and and we're in the classroom for two weeks. So you have three three courses running over about twelve weeks in that first term. And two of those weeks are on campus with all of your cohort, and that's what we call the intensive. Um, after that, you move into sort of distance one and distance two, and each of those uh, have you know certain courses that you need to complete. Our courses don't ever run more than one course at a time, so you complete you would complete one course and then start another, and then as you move through. The program to year two then you start year two with another intensive so again if we're able to be on campus we're on campus if not then we're online and that's really where the the sort of movement into these different completion pathways occurs and there's three different completion pathways that you can have that that really make up distance three um so the 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 first completion pathway is the default pathway, which is the research paper. And I think that's the next slide, I think. I hope it is. Maybe it isn't. Yeah. So uh, the research uh, paper option is the default. It, 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 that's the way that we originally designed the program in the sense that we designed <laughs> the majority of students who would be going through, which would want to kind of marry um, the ability to do focused research at a graduate level 
but also have a diversity of um, course options that they can take. So you get a few electives with the research paper option and you do um, a guided, you have an instructor with you and your cohort, members of your cohort in a class where you do like an extended research paper or project that's worth six credits. So it's more than just one course, it's sort of a, a, a deeper project and you get some research. Um, if you're really keen on a, a research topic that you want to pursue, or if you want to work with a lot of people, because you can work with people on the research paper as well, but if you want to work with like more than one focus group, or you want to do a series of interviews, or if you want to work with vulnerable populations, and that requires a sort of more complex uh, level of supervision and research ethics approval, then the thesis option is really where you go. And, and that allows you to have the opportunity to, to dig into uh, a topic that you've designed and that you've built um, with, the, with a supervisor. So you work, uh, I was actually Megan's supervisor, she did the thesis pathway. So, so Megan and I, um, you know, we work uh, closely together to kind of build a question, go through research ethics, and then she works um, to complete her thesis. And there's another member of the committee, there's a two-person committee in a thesis, and, and so they're there to also offer like oversight and, and input. So the thesis option is there to create a, you know, your, your thesis, and then you actually get an external examiner. So it'll go to a professor somewhere else outside of Royal Roads. They'll take a look at it. And then after that ex external takes a look at it, you'll have a defense. And then you will have question and answers and you'll defend your thesis. So the core part of it, the 24 credit core, um, courses the eight courses seven or eight courses it depends on which pathway are the same for everyone but then when you get near the end of the like i said near the end of the program you kind of can tailor which pathway you want to go and the course based option just allows you not to have to engage in that kind of uh, research that you would do in either the thesis or the research paper and instead you can go and take two courses from other programs in at royal road so uh, you could take general studies course, or you could take a leadership course or something like this. And so you're allowed to then take six credits or two courses of non-program electives. So each, when you're in the program, there's lots of conversations about like, well, which one is best for me? And, and I can answer those questions, but just know that you have options to be able to do a thesis, to do completely course-based, or to do the sort of, as we've designed it, sort of the default, which is that you do courses have a little bit of flexibilities but you also get some research uh the completion track is declared after the intensive at about if you started in september it would be like mid-february so it's usually about what is that october november december january february about five five and a half months into the program is when you need to make that decision um okay so uh the next slide uh is you know all of the different courses that we offer and i don't want to go into a lot of detail here because each of these in and of themselves are 10-week courses so you can imagine that there's a lot to say about any of them but what i would recommend you do is take a look at the offerings and the and the outline or at the um the descriptions of them on our website and keep in mind that what we try to do in, in the program is that we try to have a real um, uh, a real mix of theory, practice, and what we kind of call as uh, bridge courses, or what I call as bridge courses. So, in your let's say in your in the first intensive when you come in and you're taking three courses, it's a really good example of this because you take introduction to communication theory, you take communication and culture in organizations, and you take research process and methods in communication. And so you're taking these three courses. Well, theory is obviously the very is theory, right? It's completely theoretical. It's it's about what you know. How does meaning get created, transmitted? What are the important parts of of that kind of?
process by which communication actually functions and what's the history of studying it and what are the big ideas uh, and, and, and not just sort of theoretical in the point of view of philosophical but also theoretical in the sense of like well you know how does uh, media affect uh, you know when does media cross over from being information to propaganda and how do you influence people through media I mean so there's pragmatic components to it from a theoretical point of view but it's still about how communication works the the other uh, course that you take is uh, orgcom uh, or communication and culture and organization or what we call it orgcom and in that you do an org- organizational communications challenge and so you're put into teams uh and you're given a, a like a real client uh essentially uh that that we vetted and, and prepared and and so some of the folks that have come in and been part of this have been like Rugby Canada, where they, uh, um, RBC, uh, the BC Corners, um, let's see, uh, who else? Um, oftentimes we get a nonprofit uh, or a charitable organization. And they come with a problem. Like they say, like Rugby Canada is a good example. They come and they say, we've had a lot of bad press um, about concussions. And, and our organization and we're worried about our our players and our parents are worried about the players and we want to like we want to pivot and and speak about what we're being proactively doing about uh, concussions in our sport and we need help doing that and so the team comes together right and and they and they and and the, the instructor is there to help and the team comes together and they kind of lean on each other and their and their backgrounds and their expertise and they and they they work collaboratively with other teams so it's not a competition like in in mba programs where it's competitive and you want to like undercut the other teams and do you know get the best ideas and this one it's that you you actually are kind of brainstorming and collectively working and then each team takes those ideas and kind of formalizes a, a, a solution to that orcom challenge so it's very practice based right so the orcom challenge is a very practice based and collaborative uh, learning uh, environment which is really what royal roads does very well and then so you have, that's the practice side then there's the theory and then in the middle is the bridge right which is the research methods and it's the research method says okay you have to know theory to be able to understand what data you need to be able to answer these questions but then once you have that data, you have to be pragmatic about how you collect that data, you know, the context of the professional or academic research. So it's this bridge course between doing and thinking about communications. And all the way through the program, you can kind of see that that three, um, you know, those courses being divided into those sort of three categories of being very focused on theory or history being very focused on pragmatics and practice and kind of having these bridge courses that bring them together and at the end of it we hope that what you get is a very um pracademic to make up a term you know a practical academic approach to communications that allows you to be both strategic and tactical and understand and be be conscious about why you're making these choices in your practice or, or in your in your consultancy, right? So that's that's sort of the course in the way that it's been that it's been built. Let's see the next slide. I'm not in control of the slide, so I have to like this is not the slide you're looking for. Um, so there's also, of course, because there are some electives in, in the program. So there's there's program-based electives. And I think, is this where Neha wants to show, or is, are we there yet? No, okay. So again, I think, you know, these are just to give you an indication of the, of the different types of courses that you can, that you can take. And, and um, you know, we, for example, like media production, maybe not be for everyone, but for some people, they really want to learn how to make films, right? And we have like actual documentary filmmakers giving that course like what's a what better way to learn how to how to do production and to work with somebody who's a professional filmmaker right so that's that's there right so there's a lot of different options that you can have within the course and we give you an option to choose those depending on which pathway you have more or less choice available to you 
What does the next slide say, Amara? This is where. Thanks, Chase. I know I have so much control with the slides. Um, this is the slide that Neha wanted to um, share some more details about. So, Neha, over to you. Thank you so much, Amara and Chase. So, this brings us to course based completion pathway. This is when out of the three course based, uh, not out of the three completion options, you choose to go with course based. So, course based completion pathway really just helps you tailor your master's degree to your area of interest and we offer a variety of um, different courses you know different disciplines um, offered in Royal Roads University and you can choose uh, two graduate level uh, courses and let me show you how to go about it so let me quickly share my screen with you and I'm going to start from the very just for ease of understanding, um, in case you're not able to go directly to general studies page, all you need to do is type Royal Roads University plus general studies, and this is what will be the first link. So, general studies Royal Roads University, just click on this, and I think I should reduce. The, you should see a bit. Okay, so this is what we're going to see, and as you scroll down, you would notice that this is right here where you can define your searches. So, whether you want an online delivery, or you want blended, or you want on campus uh, element to it, then you have courses right here which you can scroll down and you can see this plethora of options so about easily about 150 to 200 courses that you can select from these you can see the credits all you need to do is to get more information you can just click on them read about them see if that interests you if it does you then come to us uh, we will be taking care of you you don't have to fill in extra, any extra forms there's no other requirement except for maybe um, your updated resume because this will be going to different host schools and then we will go ahead and seek approval on your your because it's very easy the minute you find two courses that interest you the best um, just reach out to me your program associate once you join the program and I will take it um, ahead for you. So, yeah, this is where you need to go. Just Royal Roads University plus general study. And that will be it. That's, that's, really, that's really useful, Neha. Thank you, because that's something that you can take a look at. If I wanted to take that course-based option, and, and I have a couple of courses that I can choose from, from the rest of the university, you know, what, what would those courses be? And and um, and and so uh, that's what's that's what's great about that option, the course-based option, is that you could take a leadership course, for example, or 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 some other maybe global conflict or something along those lines, depending on what you're interested in. So so thanks for showing um, how easy it is to find those courses, uh, Neha. So I wanted to talk just last thing that I'll talk about is. Um, where do people come from and where do people go um, when they when they come into the MAPC and when they when they exit the MAPC um, and one thing about Royal Roads that you'll learn very quickly is that we use a, a, a lot of acronyms so uh, we've, we've never I don't think we've ever really called the program the Master of Arts in Professional Communication we always call it the MAPC even Amara started us off calling it the MAPC, but that when we say MAPC, that's what we're talking about. It's the MA in professional communications, and so folks come into the MAPC from all different places. As probably, if we were to do a little straw poll in the chat right now, um, we probably have somebody who's maybe working in government right now. Probably somebody who's in the private sector, or maybe somebody who's worked in government in the past. We have people who come in who are entrepreneurial. They run their own consultancies or they work for big private consultancies we have people who are in higher education they might be part of uh, communication teams uh, in, in universities they might be folks who are graphic designers or filmmakers photographers we have people who may 
be in the philanthropic areas or non-government organizations. We might have people who are really do a lot of stuff only in digital, uh, but they might be also coming from more traditional publishing backgrounds as well, like newspapers or um, or 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 media in general. So I mean, that's what's really quite amazing about the cohort is that there's people who are coming into the program with such great diversity that's what makes it really interesting to teach in the program as well because there's people who who can say oh yeah when I would you know when I was uh, working with this organization we did this that and the other and what's also great is that the program is not designed for people who have come straight from like a BA in communications right so we what what this what this does is we sort of say okay we don't really know where people are coming from so let's all like build a foundation and that's really an inclusive way to do it because um, that allows for people who may have been out of school for a while to get re-familiarized with with communications um, as a field of study or as a discipline of study. It allows people who haven't had a background in communications before to get to kind of come up to speed on on the terms and terminologies, and uh, and it really it really I think fosters a really strong uh, learning community um, because of the fact that we have such diversity uh, in in the in the classroom. It it it, may, it, 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 it it structurally creates a situation in which we have to be inclusive and we have to we have to reconcile. Um, the material with the fact that there's all kinds of people, learners coming from different places. And then, you know, if, if people have come from those areas, people go back out into the world into those areas. And um, people also go on, um, like Megan, uh, to, to pursue higher education. Um, and and I'm, I'm guessing that she'll speak about how surprising that re uh, revelation was for her that she would consider doing uh, a PhD um, because I don't know I don't think she came in to the program thinking that that was a uh, an option or something that she was interested in doing um, so of course we set you up for that pathway as well if you if you're you might get in and be like this is my jam I really love being in school and I'm not done being in school and of course our degree allows you to go and pursue a PhD pretty much wherever you wherever you wish and, and, and in, in a couple of different disciplines too um, I think the big thing that people gain when and I don't I can't speak for people but from what I've heard from people leaving is that people gain a really solid network of, of friends and colleagues from being in this program and they also gain a, a kind of a, a little um, hammer to break glass ceilings for themselves in their in their respective um, career paths uh, a lot of people come up against the glass ceiling because they don't hold uh, the extra two letters uh, behind their name and they find themselves at a, at a table where everyone has uh, an MA or an MBA and this allows them to legitimize why they should be there and apply for jobs maybe that they wouldn't have the confidence or um, or the credentials to be able to apply for and it also allows people to move in different directions that they may have not wanted to go not wanted to risk going to without having further education and so I, I find that it really liberates people um, it, it's I think our motto for Royal Roads is quite apt I think it's probably one of the best models where it's life not changing and I really believe that this program speaks to those values of allowing people to really kind of think out of the box and and plan their next move and 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 really better understand sometimes what they've been doing already. Um, you know, one of one of the one of the grads who who's kind of a, a that epitomizes this came in from being the the spokesperson for for uh, Alberta Ambulance and paramedics and then worked as the, the communicator for the city of Calgary and now runs their own risk consultancy that's an international risk consultancy company and who just sent me an email about a month ago saying that they had landed a contract with the UN. So I mean this is 
this is somebody who was doing communication work, found this program, tuned their skills, bettered their understanding, made the networks, got experience that they otherwise were locked out of because they didn't have the credentials, and then it leveraged that into a completely new mm-hmm. career path for themselves on a whole other level. So that's that's the power of the program, and and um, and and happy to talk more about that with you if we have time. Oh, the grad cert. So the grad cert is a great opportunity for folks who aren't a hundred percent willing to say I'm in for the two years. Um, so the grad cert allows you to take three courses uh, with us. They're uh, strategic communications, conflict analysis and management, and uh, strategic digital communications. They're all in the intensive two, so they're at the start of the second year. So you you actually join the class of, of MA students who have been together for, for a year up to that point. But don't worry, they're nice and they'll invite you in. Um, and you take courses. It's not like a um, it's not like a certificate program uh, in a lot of the traditional ways that certificate programs run at other universities, where the credits are watered down or they're not um, transferable. These credit programs are the real deal. Like they're the real McCoy. You take this course, you have this course. You can go right into the MA PC after you've done this, and you don't have to take this course again because you've taken it, right? And you can decide to use those credits. They're graduate course credits. You can decide to use them in other places or in other programs. So it's a really great opportunity to see, um, first of all, to to learn some really valuable practical-based communication skills and strategies, but it's also a really great way to test the waters to see whether or not this is the right place for you, this is the right right kind of format for you. And and we oftentimes have, I would say, at least a small handful of students come into our cohorts every year who have done the grad cert and that are like, yes, I'm really looking forward to actually doing this for the next two years and they take those nine credits and they they come right into the program and they and they get on with the completing their degree so we have an alum in the room but I don't know if she'll come in on mic and speak of her experience in the grad cert we have two alum in the room myself and Lisa our enrollment um advisor behind the scenes oh, so I'm not sure which one you're talking about but yeah you yeah, two grads are uh, loved, that are proud. Great on. Yeah, so both Lisa and Amara did this, and so we're gonna we're waiting for them to pull the trigger on doing the whole MA, and we'll see. It was a it was an amazing experience. I just completed it at the end of December, so it's um, fresh in my mind. So if anybody does have any questions after this about the grads are. Or uh, for Lisa, we're happy to chat about it. It was a really good decision, and already I'm applying so many things that I learned in the grad cert directly to work. Um, and yes, I work at Royal Rose University, so it's very easy to have that um, learn one thing one day and um, apply it the very next day. But uh, back to you, Chase, about bridging the GC to the MA. I know you briefly touched on that. Yeah, I mean, I think the key. Me- yeah, I think the key message is that it's super easy. Right, and I think that's the thing is that it's really set up to. There's no, there's no fine print. There's no, there's no. You didn't, you know. It, you you take those courses. You do your you do your your coursework. It, it's about if they, if they run nine weeks, you know, all all in, and at the end of it, you have nine credits. Right, you've done three courses, and 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 then when you come in, Neha works with you, knowing that you're a grad cert. Um, a student and you know sets up your schedule and and puts in electives where they need to go and and you, you just sleep seamlessly go into the next cohort chase do you mind uh, we had a question in the chat briefly about the grad cert being available online do you mind speaking briefly to the delivery of is it is it all online or are students required to come to campus for the intensive what does that look like so uh, right now, uh, you know, with with all of what's happening with Omicron and so on, we're 
right now we're set to have everything be back on campus in May. Now that decision might change, uh, but as it stands right now, uh, we are uh, planning to come in to be on campus in May, which would mean the grad cert would need to have two weeks on campus. So um, there is a two-week session in the in the grad cert, just like there is in the intensives for the for the MA program itself, where you are when we are on campus on campus now. Um, we're thinking about making an option where one of the intakes would be uh, fully online. And um, if that were the case, we would know that fairly soon. And, and probably, I don't know if we will need to do that or not, but it would likely be the May intake that we would do that because it would give us more time to, uh, to make sure that when people buy their tickets, they're able to travel and hopefully everything is settled down by then but yeah officially it's always going to be two weeks on campus but that may change because of Omicron or whatever thank you Chase and uh, I did my grad cert I did it all online just with um, the current situation and it was great the residency for the um, intensive was two weeks and lots of learning my brain is still full and still understanding and learning everything um, so now we're jumping into um, another grad and but we have Megan Reimer who is a MAPC grad she's going to be joining us for a question and answer so welcome Megan thank you excited I'm gonna oh, go ahead <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm excited to be here thanks for having me so I wanted to start with the question of um, tell us about yourself I know we've introduced you a little bit throughout the session but give us a quick overview who are you tell us about yourself yeah um gosh it's never a quick answer to a question like that, but um, I uh, spent 14 years in the private sector um, doing communications and change management. Um, I did my uh, bachelor in professional communications online throughout Athabasca University um, and uh, while I was working um, and um, completed my, well, I started my MAPC in September 2019, so just prior to COVID, and then uh, COVID hit, and I was laid off from my job, um, and uh, was glad to have the map seat to fall back on because um, um, it was a tough job market <laughs> uh, post COVID for sure. Um, so, uh, but now I'm doing um, consulting, so I'm taking on some uh, communications and, and organizational change management uh, clients, corporate clients, um, and I just graduated from my MAPC program, I guess in November. I just got my, got my, um, my paper in uh, like right after Christmas, so it was a very nice Christmas present. Sounds like a great Christmas present. Also sounds like a Christmas present that you really worked hard for. Congratulations. Thank you. So what originally drew you to Royal Roads University and to the MAPC program? Yeah, I um, I was working in communications and um, uh, was trying to navigate into a more um, specific uh, corporate communications role at the company I worked for and um, was having some challenges doing that. Um, you know, Chase kind of spoke to this earlier about kind of being the only one in the room without, um, without a master's degree and uh, even for a you know, a fairly basic corporate communications role. Uh, the people they were hiring over a 14-year or 10-year, I guess, at the time, internal um, employee, um, most of them had had master's degrees, and uh, I felt very challenged in moving forward. Um, so, uh, I actually had a couple of directors that I worked with who had done the MBA through Royal Roads, um, so I had a little bit of, of insight into the experience, um, and uh, and decided to kind of check it out. I knew I didn't want to do an MBA um, because I've been very focused on communications and found that that Royal Roads was um, a much more creative, I would say, school and um, open and welcome school, mm. and um, that. You know, even in, in just the website and the, the application process, you could tell it was a little bit um, not as rigid as other universities. And uh, that really spoke to me. So, um, oh, MAPSI is the MA in Professional Communications program, the Master of Arts. Um, so, yeah, I think, uh, I think a couple of 
firsthand experiences and in a program that was really um, tailored to what I was looking for from a communications perspective. Um, and, uh, you know, the ease of it being partly online and at the time partly um, on campus um, and balancing that with with work and, and the rest of my life. So I'm going to dig into that a little bit later, but how did you balance all of it? But first, I wanted to ask you, what kind of questions or concerns did you have about returning to school? Yeah. That's a good question. Um, I completed my, my, it took me about 10 years after graduating high school to complete my bachelor's degree um, because I did start working full time, you know, Monday to Friday, eight to five. And that made um, even going to local universities, I'm in Calgary, so even going to local universities, it made it very challenging. Um, and uh, so I did all of my, um, most of my bachelor's degree online and uh, just graduated in 2016. So not even um, there was not too much of a time gap between my bachelor's and my master's degree. Um, I think it was just, um, you know, what, what am I going to get out of it is, um, is, you know, a corporate communications job, is that like my glass ceiling, <laughs> you know, is that kind of the, the max of, of where I can go with the, with a master's degree and, and sort of what more can it offer me and, um, making sure that it's the right investment for where I think I want to go. And so now that we know kind of the questions and the concerns you had, and um, congratulations on breaking through the glass ceiling, that's always something worth celebrating. And um, so what were some of the um, most rewarding parts about the um, Master's in Professional Communication program? And what were some of the most challenging parts? <clears throat> yeah, um, so I did my thesis on uh, mental health and the connection between mental health conditions and communication. Um, I would say that was in and of itself the most rewarding part. Um, I don't, I did not come into this program expecting to do a thesis. I was very focused on corporate communications and therefore I had much of, of most of the intention was to do a course based so that I could get a lot of that. Um, corporate communications experience and, and knowledge. Um, so that changed pretty quickly uh, a couple of weeks into our first intensive on campus. Um, and it was just so incredibly rewarding to have a program that supported something that was a little bit outside of the box um, in terms of a, a topic for a thesis. Um, I think I was very under the impression that it kind of had to be professional, like what you would typically think of professional communications as in terms of corporate or external or media relations. Um, and I got to kind of expand and really do something that was very close to my heart. Um, and, uh, you know, got to explore and research and, and um, work on that and kind of share my own story around it. Um, so that was by far the most rewarding part. Um, I think, yeah, theses are, are so typically, I think, seen in like a very structured kind of format and I got to kind of break the boundaries of that a little bit. Um, the most challenging parts, well, um, you know, our, our first on-campus intensive was was intense. <laughs> it was very intense. Um, we spent three weeks at campus and um, it was my first like on campus in a dorm experience. Um, so it was a little bit challenging. I'm a bit of an introvert and, uh, you know, getting to know and, and uh, connecting with new people is always a bit of a challenge for me. So, um, so that part and, and um, you know, COVID. Uh, COVID came in not even like a third of the way into my program and uh, it really changed uh, how I had intended on doing my thesis and um, not being able to do face-to-face -face interviews and a lot of how I had originally structured my, my thesis had to change. Um, so with support from Chase and, um, you know, just trying to work out what other options were available, um, I'd say that was probably part of the most challenging elements. Thank you for sharing that. So I know that many people in the room are probably wondering if you have any tips or advice for how did you balance work, home, and school? And how would you suggest people balance those three things together? 
Yeah, I, um, so I'm single, I don't have a partner and I don't have kids. I now have a furry kid, but I didn't get her until, um, well, mind you, after COVID. So I, I keep thinking my program was, was not that far into COVID, but it was. Um, you know, I think the biggest challenge was, um, was carving out time to come to the university um, for our intensive and uh, being off and really trying to um, stay off of work stuff while while I was there because intensive is, um, you know, a full-time, you know, nine to five kind of thing when you're there and you really have to commit to it. Um, so I think, you know, communicating with your friends and family um, and letting them know you know, sort of what, what your intention is and how it's going to um, support, you know, the rest of your family or, or what you want to do, um, I think is really important. Um, a lot of my cohort and other, you know, colleagues that I worked with who've done Royal Roads programs have families and it was a very intense, um, intense element to be away from them for so long and to be very focused on school. Um, so it's certainly something to consider um, and and making sure that, you know, you communicate well with them and, and that they kind of have your back in supporting you. Um, it will be a, an intense couple of years, but you need those people to support you for sure. My final question for you is if you have any advice for somebody, which is everybody in the room considering the Masters of Professional Communication, if you have any final words of advice for somebody. Yeah, um, I think I would, if you're, if you're looking for a program where you can be a little bit more creative um, and a little bit more expansive, then Royal Roads is absolutely the university for you. Um, you'll see that in so many different elements of the program. Um, you know, when, when we were in our intensive, you know, we got to do a garden walkthrough with the head gardener and go through the garden in, in the fall. And, um, you know, it's not super, like, it's not at all corporate communications related, but it's something that was very powerful. Um, so if you're looking for sort of more of that um, energy and, and offering, um, the Royal Roads is absolutely the right place to go. Um, and, and, when I was writing my statement to, um, as part of my application process, is kind of when I came to the realization that um, I have so much more potential than, you know, a corporate communications job, a mid-level corporate comms job. <laughs> um, and I think, I think, seeing the potential in yourself is going to be really important. Um, and being open-minded, it's, um, it is an intense course. It's an intense program. Um, you're working with. You have amazing cohort who are all from different um, realms and walks of life. And uh, if you're not open to what's being offered to you in, in terms of a more flexible kind of education, then um, I think it can be really challenging. So, so stay open, understand your potential that it's essentially limitless. Um, and you know, do it because you want to do it. Don't do it because uh, you think you need it for a job or you know, the letters mean anything after your name. Um, do it to uh, to get a sense of you know of learning again and um, and just expanding as a as a human. Thank you so much, Megan. Thank you for taking the time to honestly share your experience, your advice, and I think if everybody can give you a round of applause, you can the reactions feature, or you can do it on screen. Thank you so much. Your pleasure. Now we're going to jump into the how to apply because it sounds like we're, we're ready for that part of the presentation. I will invite everybody to open up the chat and if you have any questions, now is a great time to start adding the questions to the chat because we have Maya and Chase and Lisa monitoring the questions and they'll be able to respond in the chat and then if we have a few minutes at the end, we'll be able to address them in the presentation as well. Okay, so moving to the next slide here, how to apply. So as I mentioned earlier, we have standard and flexible admission. So with the standard admission, this is just a classic kind of completion of four years or comparable for an undergraduate degree um, in a relevant field and evidence of having sufficient knowledge, skills, and abilities to complete a demanding academic course of study at a master's level, and normally at least two years of work or volunteer experience. So this is for our standard admissions, and I wanted to mention that our website is a really valuable resource for looking at the admissions. So I highly
highly recommend that you go there and you look at it. And I wanted to mention that we do everything case by case. So don't self-select yourself out. Like, if you have any questions, if you're eligible, please connect with us because we will look at your experience case by case. And uh, you don't have to apply for a standard or flexible admission. You just can apply and then we can, we can determine. So this is our flexible admission. So um, applicants without an undergraduate degree but more than three years of relevant post-secondary education should have at least three years of relevant work experience. And um, then we kind of continue to outline like applicants with two to three years of relevant post-secondary education should have at least five years of relevant work experience in a leadership capacity. And then um, if you have less than two years of relevant post-secondary education, you should have at least around 10 years of high-level professional communication. So as mentioned, case by case. So don't ever self-select yourself out. Reach out to us. And uh, we do have academic writing and critical thinking course. So academic writing skills, as you can imagine, are um, required for success in this program. So we do have some um, upcoming start dates and this is something that you want to complete in advance of the program. And I have a feeling that Lisa's gonna pop a link in the chat uh, so that you can see when the upcoming next academic writing and critical thinking courses are. And I wanted to mention that Royal Roads University, um, our primary language of instruction and communication is in English. So if your primary language is not English, um, must meet our English language requirements through one of three ways. So either holding a recognized credential from an English-speaking country, submitting an English test, um, an official English language proficiency test score report, well wow, that's a mouthful, hey, or completing one of our global learning and language center programs. And if you're not sure which one you need to do, connect with enrollment and we can help you determine um, what is uh, would work. So how to apply. So um, you can apply at any time of the day or night, <laughs> any day of the year. It's an online application form. So it's on our website. It's really easy. We actually have a outline of how to apply. So you can literally follow it step by step to make sure that you're doing all the steps. So the first step is to start an online account and you're going to submit some supporting documents. So these documents will look like official transcripts from any past post-secondary schooling as well as a detailed resume. So what we mean by detailed resume is that you're listing all of your work experience. You're showing any increase in responsibility. You're listing any memberships or associations that you're part of. You're, you're outlining your skills. So it's beyond what you would maybe use to apply for a job. Like it's going to be many, I shouldn't say many, it's going to be more than a few pages. And it's just a way for us to really understand your experience and get to know you so that we can assess you for a standard or flexible admission. And then my favorite part, and it sounds like Megan also found that this was her favorite part, is statement of intent. This is really your why. So why are you applying to this program? What is it that you want to get out of this program? And it really just helps you realize like, yes, this is the right program for me. This is what I want to learn. And it really, it helps you realize your value in many ways to yourself. And a bit of a pro tip is you want to write your personal statement or a statement of intent first and then share it with the people you're asking for two letters of reference from because that way they can see your why, they can see your motives, they can see why you're wanting to do the program and then they can help write that reference letter. So you do need two letters of reference uh, for the program. And all of these supporting documents and what's required of them are listed on the website so you can really go through step by step and see what's required. So some key dates for those of you in the room who are looking to apply now or kind of planning for the future. Our spring start date is May 2nd, 2022. And our application deadline is this February 2nd. And our fall start date for the Masters in Professional Communication is um, in September with an application deadline of June 26th. And I wanted to mention that you do not need to wait for the application deadline to apply. That's not when we look at it. We look at the applications as they're coming in. So the sooner you get them in, um, quicker we'll look at them and then we'll get back to you about your status. How am I doing for time? Okay, I have a few more minutes but I'll, I'll go through this quickly. As um, everyone here can understand that uh, post-secondary education is a big investment, it's a very worthy investment, but it's, a, it's an investment. So we do have financial aid available 
So I would start looking into this now. You can check out the website. You can set up an appointment with a financial aid and award specialist. You can talk about things like scholarships, loans, awards, and what you might be eligible for. So start that now if you're looking for financial aid and application support. We, I hope you know at this point of the presentation that we're here to support you and we, we really want to help you find the best program for you. So if you're not sure which program's right for you or how to apply or any of those things, please connect with us. This is our information. So sending an email is a great way to get in touch. If you're within Canada, I would reach out to enrollmentadvisors, learn.more at ruralroads.ca. Or if you're coming from abroad and are an international student, you want to reach out to learn.more.international at ruralroads.ca. And now we're going to jump to the questions. So I'm going to stop sharing my screen and I'm going to have a look at the chat. Uh, Chase and Naya, if you've seen some questions come in, please feel welcome to start answering them. I'm just looking now, but I also uh, just wanted to, I put it in the chat, but uh, I forgot to mention that Megan finished her uh, thesis with distinction. And I only say that because it's it's a pretty big deal. It's only reserved for about 3% of the people who do their theses. So um, so she, she did a really good job on her thesis. And I also wanted to say, you know, I think, I always believe in like having the option to say yes. So if you're thinking about applying, I would, my recommendation would be apply, get accepted, and then make your decision on whether or not you want to go or don't want to go. And then you have it in your pocket and you can, and you can make that decision. The application process is not that difficult and it, and oftentimes people think oh I don't know if I want to apply if you if you apply and you have your acceptance then you can just say I'm not I'll defer it or I'm not interested but then you have it and then having it kind of makes part of the decision too um, you know in terms of the application there was a question earlier I saw here about um, relevance of degrees from from Nikki are there certain degrees I'm not sure if that was answered or not but no um, we've had people who have come into the program from from nursing as odd that, as that might sound and, and like I said we had people come in who had uh, who was from working as a paramedic um, so no we we're not uh, we're not disciplinary uh, exclusionary uh, you don't have to have a degree in communications to come into the program. So if you have a degree in English literature, yes, 100%. But even if you had a degree in a science uh, degree, we've had people who've done that as well and come in and taken their taking the, the MAPC with us as well. Um, I want to jump in really quickly, Chase, and I'll hand it back to you. But I know it's 1 o'clock. It's about 1 o'clock Pacific time. If anybody has to jump off, we are recording the session. So I'll send out the recording like after, and you can always just zoom right to the end of it and uh, watch the rest of the question and answers but we're going to stick on for a few more minutes and answer some of the questions in the chat so a question I did notice I just went to the top is um, are there course based in media technology Chase like media programming for media programming for communication projects data analysts there's a there's not a course on data analytics yet um, that's definitely something that's on that will be coming up but yeah there is there is um there, there, there are a couple of different courses on 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 technology and, and and media but there's nothing on programming or on data analytics per se there's a social media course um but there's not an analytics course and then i'm just gonna read the questions to you and um for the next question is, for the online portion of the grad cert program, do classes take place after traditional work hours? Uh, so, terms that we use now in academics that we didn't use two years ago are asynchronous and synchronous. So, uh, asynchronous means that there's material that you need to get to that does not have a schedule attached to it in terms of a meeting per week. So the intensive has three or four weeks of asynchronous learning 
two weeks of synchronous learning and then three weeks of asynchronous learning afterwards. So what that means is that in those opening weeks, you'll have everyone will be doing the same work and there will be a check-in from the from the professor, but there won't be a class time to meet. So uh, it'll say, you know, for this week, make sure you read the first 20 pages of the textbook, answer these questions, post something to the forum, and fill up, you know, and, and do the and do this. But there won't, and you know, listen to this lecture or this video that I've created, but there won't be a class time. Oftentimes in the asynchronous portion of a course, uh, the professor will hold an office hours that will be an, an optional um, activity because not everyone can make it and it will be recorded and available to people to, to, to look at it at, a, at another point. When, when you come to campus, obviously then there'll be a class schedule, but if you were online, um, for whatever reason, if we have to be online, uh, then what happens is that we have synchronous Zoom meetings like this, where you would meet with me, let's say if I was teaching, and we would have 90 minutes, usually they're about 90 minutes because people can't take more than that, and, and it's a class, right, and it's recorded, and it's expected that you're there. So, so it's not, it's not a self-directed course, like I call it correspondence. That was what it was called, you know, back. It's not like taking a degree, like Megan mentioned from Athabasca, where you get a big box of books and they're like, here you go. You have six months to complete this course. That's not how our courses work. Our courses are like, here's 10 weeks. Everyone's doing the same thing. The prof is there for 10 weeks. Your cohort is there for 10 weeks, but it's asynchronous. That's if you're not having the intensive. If you're in the in the grad cert, you'll have that kind of experience for four weeks. You'll have two weeks of synchronous, and then you'll have three weeks of asynchronous. So I know that's a kind of a bit hard to get your head around, but you're not alone. Like that's the key of the key thing is that you're not alone in that learning model. Like Amara and and and, and um, you and you can and Lisa can speak to that. You're always like you're always prompted. You're always like you're you're kind of in class all the time. It's just that you're and your cohort is always at the same. You're all working on these same assignments, and so you're not feeling like isolated, right? You're feeling like a you're part of a learning community, and for that reason, we have really high rates right like nine like over 95 percent completion rates which means that everyone who comes into the program eventually leaves with a degree you know uh, and that's because I think there's a sort of social pressure and a community there to help you and support you through it you're not like having to go down into the basement with your books and open crack them open and, and work on them on your own right Yes, I can absolutely agree. I met people in the cohort, like I was entirely online and yet I still built relationships and still am in touch with the people that I met. And somebody that was in one of my courses literally called me and we just had a phone conversation for an hour about an assignment and just chatted and they were calling from Calgary. And it was, so you do build those relationships with your cohort and, and you know, you can bounce ideas and it's, it was really incredible experience. I do want to be mindful of time. I know that we're kind of a little bit after one o'clock. We just have so many exciting things that we wanted to share with everybody in the room here. So we are here to support with any questions. If you want, um, if any of the questions went unanswered, please connect directly with an, an enrollment advisor. They are the most knowledgeable people when it comes to answering any questions around financial, like around fees or what program is best for you or how to submit your application. So their information has been included in the chat and I'll send it out in an email after this session as well. And I just want to ask Chase, do you have any final words for the people in the room here today? I mean, I would just say go for it. You know, I don't think a lot of, you know, I kind of, I think, think of it as there's never really a great time like there's never a perfect time, let's put it that way, right? There's never a perfect time to start going back to school. There's never a perfect time for whatever, right? If this is something that you've been thinking about and that you're interested in, um, it will always be tough and challenging, um, but it'll always be rewarding. And 
if you if you want it and you're and you're serious about it, you you will get it at Royal Roads because you we Neha will find you. Like she will track you down and be like, hey, why are you not in class? Like we know your names. That's <laughs> we know you. We know your name. We will find you if you don't show up to class, and and we will make sure that you finish right.